Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are truly present in our lives. And in these special ways, you touch us, whether it is through the waters of baptism or it's through the Lord's Supper. You physically reach out and touch each and every one of us. Thank you for being a God who is not far away, but a God who is very present in our life, who cares about each decision we make, every move that we make. He looks, you look upon us with favor, and you give us peace. Amen. So C&K, because we shifted Covenant Family Sunday to the first Sunday, and I know there's a little hitch because January is coming up. I think we're still going to try to do it, but we'll notify how that's going to work. But because Covenant Family Sunday is this Sunday, there's no C&K like we normally do. They're all in with us. Yay? But it is also Operation Love. And Operation Love, if you walked in and you just happened to miss the bulletin board in the back, what you're going to do, and this doesn't mean that you have to be a child to do this, I'm sure I'll be boring at some point and you'll want to write something that has nothing to pertain to the message, but it will be you giving a message to others. And what we're doing is Trey and soon MCs are leading an effort along with other organizations as well to give gifts to a particular elementary school in the third ward. And we need about 300 gift tags. And so what we want to do to make sure that each child that receives a gift also receives a message of hope and love. So you can write a verse from the Bible in there. That's great. It's always good to use God's words. You can use some words of your own about who Jesus is and why he loves that particular child. So it can be your own words, just reminding them that Jesus loves them, that even though they may not think he knows them, he does, and that this gift is given from him, from his hands. It can be as simple as that. We would encourage you all to take those gift tags. If you are unable to do that because you're like, I'm going to focus 100% on Aaron's message, right? Then you can take that gift tag. You can take it home and you can then um, either deliver it at um, the devotions during the morning. We're at Target at 815. You can stay if you want to or you can just drop off the tag. Or you can look for Howard. Howard, stand up. If you're going to take one home and you want to contact him during the week and figure out a way to get some gift tags to him, he will receive all those requests, right? Amen. Amen. All right, so C&K, you're in today. If you want to gather some of those materials, you're free to do that. I know we've got a bumper before the message starts.
Stay woke. Are you guys all awake? Okay, great. So we are in this new series, say, Stay Woke in Advent. You're going to go ahead and look up in your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, I know we have Bibles around in this place because we are church. So we got some Bibles over there underneath the offering box. You can grab a Bible if you want one, or you can also go online and look for Mark chapter 13. We're going to be in Mark chapter 13, the entire message. It's not one that is always focused on, but I think it's a great message for us today. And since I get to preach today, guess what you get? Mark chapter 13. So go ahead and look it up. We're starting in verse 1. As Jesus was leaving the temple that day, one of his disciples said, Teacher, look at these magnificent buildings. Look at the impressive stones in the walls. Jesus replied, yes, look at these great buildings. But they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Some of you may not be aware, but Oikos is officially four years old. Right? And we're officially been in this building for two years today. I know sometimes it seems like we've been here forever and that we've been in church for a long, long time, but we really haven't. So for some of you who have joined us in the last year and you walked in and you're like, oh, they've always been here. Well, we haven't. And for some of you who are like, oh, they've been in church for a long time, we haven't. Four years and two years, we've been in this temple. And I think as we focus, sometimes we get too focused on the temple. And the words that I hear in these first few verses from Jesus is that it is beautiful. We had a team that came in this week and decorated. Isn't it great? I'm always impressed with the tree. And it's one thing I think about, how can I avoid helping taking it down? Because it's this huge tree. But it's a beautiful season to be in. But sometimes we get too focused on what we can see, what we can touch. And we forget that Jesus is in all things, especially beyond just a building. He's at work beyond what happens just right here. On Sunday morning. I love the rhythm that we have that we get to gather together as a whole church, a church of churches on Sunday in this place, a, something we can touch and feel, that we can say this is ours. I know for those of us who have set up chairs and put up things Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, the moment we walked in and things were set up, we gave thanks. And boy, when I walk in, I still give thanks of, we don't have to set up chairs. We don't have to put a mat down. We don't have to, it's just here. Our temple is here. But Jesus said, even this will be demolished. Because worship for Oikos doesn't just come because we have this place. Our start began in homes. 
and then it went to a high school, and now it's here. But I do not put faith that we will just end here. Don't worry, I'm not saying we're going to sell the building tomorrow. I know some of you think Aaron gets crazy sometimes on these saints. But this week, we got to celebrate a baptism. I want to go ahead and put the picture up. At Target. And what we had was a little oatmeal cup from Target. And we had a, tar a Starbucks napkin. And little Hannah was baptized. Now, Hannah isn't with us this Sunday because she went to her permanent family. She was adopted. So not only was she adopted by God on Thursday, but then on Friday she was adopted by a family that God provided that will continue to teach her the ways of Him. So let's give thanks to God for that. What I love about Hannah is Hannah was a baby that was thrown away. I know that's harsh, right? It was a baby that wasn't wanted. But God wanted her. And so as the Vanderwaters provided foster care, not only did they give a home for her to stay in to be healthy, but she met Jesus. And for that, I'll always be thankful. And I think about the different foster kids that we've been able to welcome into the family of God and how important that is and what the message of Jesus that it isn't just here but it's wherever we go that whether we're at Target or we're in our homes or we're walking down the street Jesus is saying I am here so stay woke because he's all around we are the church no matter where we gather. Verse 3. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives across the valley from the temple. Peter, James, John, and Andrew came to him privately and asked him, Tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will show us that these things are about to be fulfilled? Jesus replied, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. But don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end will, won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in many parts of the world as well as famines. But this, is the only, but this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. When you read this passage, we could think about this last year and go, wow, maybe we're seeing some of these things with all the hurricanes. I think there were 16 or 17 named storms. There were over around six or so that were named major storms. There is a huge earthquake in Mexico City. Tragic event, horrific on the lives that were lost. The fires that we saw burn in California that they could not stop. 
with all our technology and all the resources we have, they kept burning. Tornadoes blew through the Midwest like they normally do through the summer, and lives were upheaved. And we could look around and we could watch the news and we could say, boy, gee, the end is here. The end is here. But as we read through chapter 13, hopefully the kids won't last, laugh too much, but, but that's the key word is but. I want you to read through chapter 13 and make sure you highlight where Jesus says, but, because immediately when he says, but, he says an important truth right afterwards. Jesus says, but don't panic. So the first lesson is don't panic, do not fear, do not be afraid. It's hard, right? When you see these things happen, when you look on the news and you see some guy who lost his mind go into a church and shoot a bunch of people, it's hard to say, wait, should we be afraid? But Jesus says, don't panic. There's going to be a lot of things that happen. And Jesus' words to us is, do not be afraid. If you look through scripture, it'd be a great word study. Look how many times God says, do not be afraid. In fact, as we get nearer to Christmas, we will read many passages that say, do not fear. Do not be afraid. Or you can, instead of saying, do not fear, you could say, don't panic. I think about people looking for Christmas gifts and how on Black Friday they panicked that they wouldn't get a certain gift. They run people over because that's what you do when you panic. And on my side, I th maybe you were one of those people, I don't know. So this may be condemning to you, but I think that's stupid. At the end of the day, it's a gift. Maybe you can just release it and say, I don't need to get that gift. Or maybe I should be bringing peace instead of panic. Do not panic, do not fear. Verse 9, when these things begin to happen, watch out. You will be handed over to the local councils and beaten in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But... This will be your opportunity to tell them about me, for the good news must be preached first to all nations. So these things are going to happen, and they're only going to get worse. Not only will we, will we lose our possessions, right? That's what happens in a natural disaster. And even if you have insurance, it doesn't mean that you get everything back. I think some of us know that from our great Hurricane Harvey, that it doesn't mean that just everything is replaced. And even if those possessions are replaced, there's something still missing. And that's confidence 
that it won't be taken away again. What Jesus says is it will. So for all of those, our household included, that we were high and dry. We didn't experience anything. In fact, we weren't even there. We were in Chicago for a funeral. We came home and everything was fine. Not even a chair outside was blown over or taken. It was fine. But Jesus says it won't be. It won't be. Are we prepared for that? Are we awake for that? Or do we want to fall asleep thinking everything will just be okay? What's even worse in this passage is in the middle of everything just going to stuff. (laughs) Because if you have faith, you're going to be pulled in and tried. So when you're doing the right thing and you've lost everything, then guess what? People will mark you out because you have faith and say, you're going to be tried. Awesome, right? You guys are like, well, so happy I came for this message today. But the message is to stay awake. Because I believe when Jesus says something, it will happen. It will happen. We will be brought to the very courts that are to protect us And instead, they will imprison us for our faith. I think one of the things that struck me in this passage, and I've read it many different times in many different versions, even in Greek. But for some reason, I really miss these buts. I read the Mark 13, and I saw all the things, and I think what I would do, and I think this is what, maybe, maybe you can kind of feel me on this. We all kind of go, ooh, that just doesn't sound good. Skim. Oh, it's still not good. Skim. Oh, where's Jesus saying, hey, everybody, let's have a party? Where's that wedding in Cana stuff? Skim, and I'm in chapter 14. But the buts really are important because we see that in this, Jesus is trying to prepare us as his people. He says, in this time will be your time to tell them about me. After you lose everything, after you're tried and condemned, tell them about me. Who's on for that wagon? Who wants to jump on board? Thank you. There's a lot of room left. Thank you. There's still some room. Don't hesitate. Don't do one of these like, well, if there's room on that car, I'll get in. But otherwise, leave me out. He says, but take the opportunity because in this opportunity, they're actually going to see me for the first time. They're going to wake up for the first time. They're going to see that 
I actually transform lives. That what the world cherishes, you've released. Where the world has put their faith, you've put your faith in me. He says, but. So the second lesson is that we get to tell others about Jesus. Even when all these events are happening. I know as a church, we got to do this with a few people. We teamed up with Pilgrim. And as we called people or we visited them, every time we got a phone call back, a return call, or we contacted someone and they actually picked up, or we visited their home, I think every account was peaceful. And in most times, we were able to give a little bit of the gospel. It's in these times that we get to tell others about the one who saved us. Sorry, my notes clicked because I got too excited there about waking up. Verse 9. Not verse 9. Verse 9? Are we in verse 9? Are you guys following along? Verse 9. We already read verse 9. We're moving on. Huh. I got to stay woke. See, you guys thought that I messed that up, but that was part of the message. Okay? Part of the message. So in those times that you feel that it is unjust, right? You've lost everything. You've been driven to the courts. They've taken everything and put you in jail. Now, these are things that happened to Peter. Happened to Peter right away. In these times when it's unjust, when it's unfair, because it will be. Jesus says, I want you to tell your enemies about me. Not just the people who love you. It's not just my daughters or my son or my good friends or my church. But my enemies, maybe those who saw me lose everything and instead of having compassion said, there's a believer, throw him in jail. I'm supposed to tell that person about Jesus because that's where the maximum effect happens. And why do we do this? Because Jesus cares about the whole world. Cares about every individual person and every group of people. And he cares about every side. He doesn't go, this is a bad side and this is a good side. He looks at both sides and says, I want them to love me. He doesn't look at those who love Trump and those who hate Trump and go, I'm on one side. He says, I want them all to love me. He doesn't look at a color of a person and say, 
they're better and more righteous than that other color. He says, I want them all to love me. So there will be times when it's unjust. It's unfair. It's wrong what someone does to you. And what does Jesus say in this message? Love them. This is your opportunity to tell them about me. Now, how often do we blow that off? Or do we go to sleep because we hate that person so much that we can't care enough to share the love that Jesus gave to us? This isn't just about the end times, people. This is about today. That's how you prepare. That's how Advent happens, right? We celebrate the past in the present as we prepare for the future. So his instructions aren't just about the actual time he comes because he's here right now saying, be this way now. That's why we don't know when he's going to come because we are awful people and if we knew the exact date and time, we'd all have a renaissance and reformation time on that day and go, I love Jesus today. He's coming. But yesterday, I just got to do whatever I wanted. We have peace in Jesus and he asks us to share that. Verse 11, but when you're arrested and stand trial, don't worry in advance about what to say. Just say what God tells you at that time, for it is not you who will be speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Another but, when you are arrested, you don't have to manipulate or justify or lie. You don't have to manipulate or justify or lie who you are. You don't have to manipulate your story. You don't have to lie about your story. You do not have to justify your story. You simply stop and say, Lord, speak through me. Now, when I read this, I thought about, well, what words will we probably say? Maybe we'll say, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. Or maybe we'll say, you're my brother and you're my sister. I tend to think that the words that the Lord will give us probably are quoting some of the things that Jesus said. Because we follow him. We're told to take up our cross. And as we take up that cross, we also share the same words. We follow him through the disasters, through the injustice, that happens in this world. Verse 12, a brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own child and children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. And everyone will hate you because you are my followers, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. So there's another but, right? But this gets really bad. Because now it's not just strangers that are hating you. This, this is people that you know. This is Lewis. This is David. 
is John, these are people who you know, people you've had in your home, people that you've given a hug to, that will spit in your face and betray you. Are we awake? But the one who endures to the end will be saved. As we go through Mark chapter 13, verses 14 through 34, continue the story of how bad it gets. And for the lack of time that I have, even though I know I can take a lot of time, we're going to skip those verses. They generally deal with people trying to fake others out about being Jesus. About calling others into things that are not true. They paint a picture of what it's going to kind of look like. Stars falling. Everything becoming dark. So in verse 34... It says, the coming of the Son of Man will be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. I want you guys to picture this story in your mind. When he left home, he gave each of his slaves instructions about the work they were to do. He told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. You too must keep watch, for you do not know when the master of the household will, will return in the evening, at midnight, before dawn, or at daybreak. Don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone, watch for him. So what is our job as we wait for Jesus to return? There are four things that I took out of this one chapter of Mark. The first one, do not be afraid. And I know that's easier said than done. If someone's breaking into your house, it's hard not to be afraid. But he tells us, to the one who breaks into your house is an opportunity to what? Tell him about Jesus. Tell him about God's love. Boy, I was kind of gender specific there, right? Tell him. Maybe it's a her. Tell her about God's love. To stay woke. Too often in the comfort of our lives, we think we have no role in the kingdom. We think we can stay in our bed asleep and just wait for Jesus to come. We can pull the covers over our head. I remember doing this as a kid when I was scared. And in my mind, think that no one saw me or knew I was there, especially the white lady that was across the room looking at me. There was really no white lady. It was a poster that was kind of hung wrong. But I was scared. So I pulled my covers over, and I hoped that she wouldn't know I was there. We do this with our identity in Jesus. When things get messy, we hide. Adam and Eve did this. 
The moment they sinned, they went and hid. So we give thanks to God who goes and finds us. We give thanks to Jesus who even though we were not awake, he would come and gently wake us up. We give thanks to Jesus that when we fail in staying awake, he still recognizes us. So we stay woke, and the last part is that we watch for him. It's fun. I know this is like heavy scripture. Like this isn't fun scripture, right? This is, Aaron just told us that the world is literally going to hell. We're going to lose everything. Right at Christmas when we are putting everything we own out. And buying more stuff to own. We're going to lose everything. And then when we display our faith that we still believe in Jesus, we'll be in prison because of it. And he's saying, love those people that do that. And he's saying, stay awake. And he's saying, love them and tell them about Jesus. I'm not saying it. Jesus is. May we enter these last days being so excited about watching for him. This is Jesus. This is Jesus who came to us in the Lord's Supper just a few moments ago. This is Jesus that Hannah experienced in her baptism this week. That you, if you've been baptized, have experienced the touch of God upon you. May we watch for him as he watches for us every moment. Even when we are in far left field going, I don't care about you, he is still watching for you. And the invitation is to watch for him. Look for him as he shows up this next week. How many of you think you're going to have a hard week this next week? And you may have, for whatever reason, it may be a hard week. My encouragement is that you watch for Jesus in those moments. That you take them at the hardest point. Instead of going, oh, this is so hard. Remember this and stay woke. That it's an opportunity to tell whoever's making it really hard about God's love. Specifically through the love of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us. You cherish us. We so quickly dismiss you out of our lives we don't want to believe that things will get hard. We don't want to face hard stuff. And Lord, it is because we have believed a lie that when things get hard, we are doing it alone. Or for some reason, you are punishing us 
Instead, Lord, help us to see when things get hard, when we think it looks like the world is against us, in fact, it is an opportunity for us to display your kingdom. Help us to breathe in that life and change our perspective to see you living and breathing in us each day. And open our eyes to watch for you. Help us to stay woke. Instead of letting our eyes fall asleep in fear, hoping that everything would just pass by. Lord, I thank you that you are my Savior. That you are the Savior for everyone that has looked to you and said, Jesus, I believe. Invite us to reach out and allow you to grab onto us and hold us during this Christmas season, reminding us that this world will end, that this building will be destroyed at some point, that this country will not last forever that you and your words will. In your name we pray, amen.